Hi, this is Mukda Pradhan. I'm a functional nutritionist and the founder of iThrive and I make diseases disappear. Welcome to iThrive's exclusive podcast. You're one stop to learn everything about nutrition, healing, wellness, mental health and basically just figure out how to live the best version of your life. Sit back and unwind as we share some health information with you. Super. So here we are live streaming on all our channels and uh, to those of you who don't know our guest is, this is Ronan Diego de Oliveira, um, the head of fitness at Mind Valley. He is the, the inventor of the 10x program, but we'll go into that a little later. For those of you who are seeing the show for the first time, this is iThrive's Wellness Warrior show. It was started off sometime in April with the simple intention of Really creating an alternative narrative to the mainstream media that existed at that time. There was so much fear mongering that was happening with COVID in India, especially. It was just insane. And I got tired of that narrative. So I really wanted to do something about it. And we thought, hey, why not we bring people who are talking about other stuff like wellness and fitness and nutrition and meditation and spirituality. And let's just show the world that this exists as well. And healing can happen even despite the chaos. And um, that's when we started off. We are on episode number 13. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Ronan, were on the show as well. Neeraj was there. He was actually the first uh, guest. And then Gautam was there. Yeah. Uh, Rashi from Life Plugin, she was there. So oh, um, thank you so much, Ronan, for, um, for accepting our invite and being here. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I don't think I can do a fair job of Telling the world who you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mugda is is great to to be here with you uh, now virtually uh, from the times that we've been physically in the same place. For everyone, it's good to be with all of you here. My name is Ronan. I am originally from Brazil. Right now, I live in Estonia, and the one of the main things that I do is that I work with other uh, human beings on health and fitness. Uh, the, one of the main avenues is the company Mind Valley that you may have heard about is a uh, personal growth uh, online university. And I am the director of the health and fitness department and the author of the, the main programs on health and fitness for, for Mind Valley. So I have a couple of programs on uh, fitness itself, on uh, physical fitness, on nutrition and fasting. And now um, we are releasing a uh, health coach. A certification oh. that I created for, for Mind Valley as well. So most of the times, my playground is to interact with other people and explore the tempo of their souls. You know, what, what do they think about, uh, what are their beliefs and how they experience this fact that they live inside of a human body, uh, what it means and, and, and how this translates into a, a human experience. Lovely, lovely. That's and that's what we're going to delve into deeper uh, later in the talk, right? We're going to talk of developing a conscious relationship with your body. But I just want you to give people a little backstory of like, what really made you who you are now, right? So what happened? Like each of us, especially people uh, like us, right? When we come into the world to kind of help other people with their health, we have our own story that then pushed us into this trajectory. So what's your story? Aha, beautiful. Yeah, I'll tell the, the short version, you know, because otherwise okay. it'll be <laughs> forever. And there is, a, in fact, 
last week we released Mind Valley released a short documentary that tells uh, okay. my my story with health and fitness. I can give you the link later on for someone who wants to learn a bit more. But basically, uh, I started my my journey with health and fitness not from a place of of celebration and appreciation it's not that mm-hmm. I, yeah, I lived inside of this human body i wanted to explore the gifts it was from a place of lack you know i i was a very skinny kid in mm-hmm. brazil and very uh bad at football which in brazil is a huge deal <laughs> and so i got I, i you know i got bullied from left and right And from from my inner, from my early experience in life, I had this subconscious understanding from from the type of jokes I would get from other people, from the, you know, slaps mm-hmm. in the head and this kind of things. I would look at myself, you know, my body and realize that I was just unlucky. You know, I, I there was a negative correlation. I, that is this body, the function of this body is to give me bad feelings to make me feel less of a human being. So I'm going to engage with other things. And so I think for a long time in my life, my teenagehood, in my early adulthood, there was a lot of this abandonment of the, of the body. You know, there was you know, the drinking and the drugs and, and the partying and no sleeping. And my thing was the mind. I you know I was a good student. I, I was creative. I was very good in, in everything that connects to the physical body is something that It's either a abandonment or it is a abuse. And, and then later on, when I started practicing exercise and sports and going to the gym because I wanted to suppress that feeling that I was a, a weak kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I started learning the, the science of, of how the body works because my body didn't respond to nutrition or to training or to any of all the things that other people were doing the same. I, I joined, for example, the gym with all my friends and everyone got results and I didn't. <laughs> and and I said, why is that happening? And I started studying how the body works so I could uh, uh, learn the science of nutrition and, and, and training and integrate these things together. That led to a, a um, competitive sports. So I was running obstacle circuit races. I, I won some of these, these competitions and then I started training and coaching other people. And then eventually building courses and speaking at conferences and then helping people develop a more conscious relationship with their bodies. Amazing. Amazing. It's, it's incredible to see, uh, you know, and I, I know a little bit of the story because you had shared it on the Life Plugin stage as well, but it's really incredible to hear. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, wow, this is so phenomenal. So great. And, you know, this thing that you discussed where other people saw changes when they were in the gym and it wasn't working for me, for, for you. I have experienced that. I remember, in fact, in the first Life Plugin Summit or the second on the Goa one, I'd come to you and I was like, you know, I just can't do squats and like my, my feet lift off and I can't even do deadlifts. And then you had spoken to me about like the form and like, you know, the mindfulness and like thinking of why I'm even doing it. So I remember and I've taken back a lot of those lessons as well. But, I remember yeah, we were I, sitting in the, in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. But yeah, we're going to talk more about that as well. Right. So. For the people who are watching, the, the topic of today's discussion is developing a more conscious relationship with your body. So, Ronald, uh, when you say that, as, in, as a statement, I understand it. But how would you break it down? What mm. you, uh, how would you make it into smaller pieces of what someone can understand about yeah. this? Perfect. Let's, let's unpack this. 
And let me take some time to take a step back and, and, and first make it clear what I mean by this. You know, a lot of people at some point in their lives, they decide to engage with their body to improve their health. Most of the times, this story, uh, this story looks like this. Someone wakes up and they say, enough. You know, yesterday mm -hmm. someone told me something or I looked in the mirror and I got a bad experience of what my body looks like or I just came from holidays and I was just overeating. Something happened that burst the bubble and they say, it's enough, I'm gonna change my health, I'm gonna change my body, this is once and for all. And a lot of people fail right there, right? They, they, they have the intention, they go for day one and they give it up at some point. Some others continue to go and they change their nutrition, they, they change their, they start going to the gym, they cut carbs and they start lifting weights or going for runs and things like that. And all of this time, there is the feeling that is feeling this journey. The, the reason for this journey is, is, I am trying to beat up my body so it feel it fits in a box that I can accept, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of the times we are trying to change our bodies to fulfill our unmet needs, right. which means I don't feel confident, I don't feel strong, I don't feel beautiful, whatever it is, then I look at my body and I say, now you're going to give this to me, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to make me feel confident, you're going to make me feel strong, you're going to make me feel beautiful, and I'm going to beat you up until... <laughs> until I can accept you. That, that happens unconsciously to most of us yeah. because this is how the fitness uh, industry is designed. It's like, uh, you want to get, you know, want to transform your body in this way, you're going to get this shape, you're going to perform this, you're going to look that way. Here's the training, here's the nutrition, and everyone is trying to get this for themselves. And this happens in other areas of our lives as well. For example, a lot of people have a child uh, and they say, you're going to become a engineer, right? Yeah. And if later on, that's what happened to me. <laughs> and if, at the end of the day, if the child turns out to become an engineer, there will be a dissatisfaction from both sides. Mm -hmm. Then we see that a more conscious way of, of having this, this parenting relationship in this case, instead of telling the child what the child is going to become, I can ask myself as a parent, at least that's what I would have wished, is... What are the things that this, this child needs? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to provide their needs. I'm going to protect them from harm. And I am going to nurture their innate gifts. Instead of mm -hmm. telling them what to do, I want to see what the child wants to become. And I'm going, I'm going to nurture that. What if we had the very same approach towards our bodies? Instead of coming, looking at my body and say, you're going to become something that I can accept, I... Turn the table and I say, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to protect you from harm. And I'm going to nurture your innate gifts. So in that way, transformation of the body becomes the transformation of what the body wants to become. Not what I want to turn my body into, but what is the full expression that this body wants to become. And this is when uh, I experience this, this, this level of fulfillment. Even though if that child uh, doesn't turn to become an engineer, but becomes a fulfilled uh, musician, that will be this feeling of fulfillment from both sides, from the parent and from the child, even that is something very far from an engineer because there's a full expression of the innate gifts. And this is the point of building a conscious relationship with your body is understanding 
what does my body need that I can provide? How can I protect it from harm? What are the things that from that my actions or from the environment that can cause harm? How can I protect yeah. it? And then understanding, studying, being curious about your body, seeing what you can listen from me, see what you can hear from me to understand what is this body wants to become. You know, is this body a body often of an athlete? Is this body mm -hmm. a body of a, of a creative person? Is more on the cognitive side? Is more on the strength side? Is more on the speed side? Is more on the physique side? How can I uncover and nurture the innate gifts of this body? And this is when we get fulfillment from that relationship instead of trying to transform on something that we can accept. Beautiful. So I think the first two are relatively easy because you need external inputs for that. Like if you have to study about nutrition, if you have to learn what really works well for the human body, you can look at research papers, you can do your own experiments, you can do your blood work, and then you can analyze that. That's still an external thing because it's food and then you're figuring out with supplements and stuff like that. Uh, even when it comes to like making sure your body is not going to go through harm, it's, it's still, uh, you know, slightly external like you're, you're learning about toxins you're learning about um, things like alcohol and smoking how that can worsen your health so you know with this at least there's still an external element to that like you can do things but mm. the last one right where you have to learn what your body is designed for how does one do that because for me it took like really really long all those things that you described right ronan of trying to force fit my body into an image i could accept I went through that as well. I mean, mm. even as late as up to six months ago, I was trying to do that. Right? I wanted to be a certain shape and I wanted to be a certain weight and I wanted a certain bikini body and things like that. And my body is designed for something. My, my mind is designed for something else. Right? It's, it's the mind of a healer. It's the mind of a creative person. So it's not someone who's an athlete. I, I know that now. I'm not like, let's say, Urmi, right? You know Urmi, how amazing she is. Mm. That's not me, right? So my body doesn't function like that. But it took me a while to really, really go deep and understand that and say that, okay, this is what I have. This works. This runs beautifully from the time I wake up to the time I sleep. It's, it's doing what I need it to do. But it was my self-learning experience. So do you have any other ways to actually do this? Like, how do you learn to listen to your body and figure mm. out what is it designed for? Mm. Be beautiful question. I think that's, that's the journey. Right, that's a, that here for, for that part, that is not only a, ah, here is five steps to do that. There's a, a whole yes. set of skills and a, a whole journey for this. And all this journey starts from uh, a self-identity, from a belief standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. much of how, you know, skills that I use or tools that I use, but identifying first you know, peeling the, the layers of the onion and find out what is my motivation with my own body and, and health or the lack of motivation. What is the current relationship that I have uh, with my body that, that keeps my physical body in the way that it is? So, for example, I'm going to give you a couple of stories that, that illustrate that. Okay. My, um, my own story is if I look back, there is a lot of... There's a lot of discipline. There's a lot of pushing the body. And there's a lot of that, you know, I can go through pain. And there's this pride in going through pain. Whenever other people are tired, I keep going. And so there's a lot of that. And, and, and that's why there's also a lot of athletic uh, uh, achievements. Because that's a, mm -hmm. a very athletic mindset. And say, if I go back in, in time and, 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 and follow this thread, 
I go to an origin story. And the origin story, I remember once I was in a in physical education class when I was probably like around seven years old or something like this. And I was always, you know, uh, made the jokes off and I had bullied because I was super weak. I was super uh, tiny and I was super bad at football. And I, but one thing that I was good at, it was I was very flexible. And and so the, the cool kids at school, because they were all good in football, they're also very stiff because they were sprinting. <laughs> so that was one physical education class, Mugda, that, that we were yeah, measuring our flexibility. So the teacher was doing assessments with us. One student would come one, one by one. And then you mm -hmm. sit on the floor, you put your legs straight, and you try to reach your toes. You know? mm -hmm. and, and then the cool kids, no one could reach their toes because they were stiff. And so it was my turn. And then I sat down and I reached my toes over there. And then the coolest kid, the, you know, the captain of the football team, he came, he was angry. He saw me reaching my toes and he said to the teacher, teacher, he can't reach his toes because he's short. So his legs are short. And they made a lot oh. of jokes because I was very short. And then I, I was just logic. I look at him and I said, Jeff, the, the name of the guy was Jeff. I said, Jeff, yeah, but I... My arms are also short. They are <laughs> and, and then Jeff slapped me at the back of my head. Bow, strong slap on, uh, on the neck. And he said, you keep your head down. You shut off your piece of shit. Wow. And I kept my head down. And I shut up. And I felt like I was a, a weak a piece of shit. That, and the teacher didn't do anything, and the day ended like that. And I think for many years of my life, I believed that I was a weak piece of shit. And so when I, my relationship with my own body is that you are this thing that makes me feel weak. Now I need to prove everyone else that I'm strong. How am I going to do that? I'm going to push you. I'm going to keep working when people, when people are tired. I'm going to you know, grow muscle mass and I'll be this relentless machine because unconsciously this was me trying to prove everyone else that I was strong. And so that led into an abusive relationship with the body. That led into, you know, I will force feed you and you're going to grow muscle mass. I'm going to train you to exhaustion and then keep going. And then I'm, I'm going to starve you so you can lose all the, the body fat. And that, because I need to prove that, 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 that you are strong. So I think the first step here is going back to the origin story. Now, mm. what are the main motivations that, that you have with your, with your body that, that shapes the relationship in the way it is? So telling the journey of you and your body, this connection that happens throughout in the, in the events that you went through together is one of the ways to, to build the awareness. My story is a story of, of this over-engagement. There is a lot of, of pushing, a lot of, a lot of physicality involved. There are other people that go into the other side, into the abandonment side. So this is, for mm -hmm. example, a, a lady that I worked with, that she was the kind of person who would only act in cases of desperation. You know, oh. that, that she's like, her health is decaying and she's holding there. And whenever she's taken to the hospital and the doctor says, hey, you are going to die if you keep this up, then she would, okay, I need to cut dairy. And then she cuts dairy and then she feels great. 
And then once she feels great, she goes back to doing the things that she shouldn't do exactly. until her body is decaying again. And then, you know, when this pattern was happening, we went back to the story. And so let's, let's go through this journey of this body. And for her, the main journey is that when she was a kid, she was sexually abused. And so she went through a big trauma. Luckily, uh, she has uh, she had a lot of support from other people to to overcome that experience from her family from her friends and she got a lot of support unconsciously she was very young to understand those things so unconsciously what happened in her mind was I I suffered with my body now I have a community that offers me love wow and so yes, I've, I've seen, seen that you've yeah. seen that right. So it becomes a pattern that I only get love if I am suffering. And then she would have, she would try to, to start exercise and try to go on a diet or something like this, but she would give up because there was a unconscious fear that says, what if I feel great? Will I lose, will I lose love? Right. And so, and so the relationship with her body was a relationship of abandonment. I don't engage my body. I don't take care of it until it falls apart. Then I get love from other people. So, uh, you know, be before you realize this belief, it doesn't matter, you know, how much broccoli you eat, right? It doesn't matter how much you, that, the, this, this, the behavioral part is the surface. So I think going back to the origin story, helps you identify these are the main beliefs that drive this current relationship with my, my own body. Once you are able to accept that journey and that motivation is not pressing you to make choices uh, going forward, then you are in a position of a bit more freedom. I don't depend to prove other people that I'm, that I'm strong anymore. So now I can tune into what is it that my body is telling me. Then I go into a second step that is identifying what is the, the innate gifts of this body. And, mm -hmm. and the whole idea okay. of, of listening to it, there are many tools that you can use. One of them that I love to use is getting an understanding from the body type that you have. And the body type, the body type that you have, there's a bridge between Western and Eastern uh, uh, philosophies about that, mm -hmm. right? On, on the Western uh, science, we have the somatotypes, ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph, right. right? On Ayurveda, we have doshas. In, mm -hmm. in, 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 in this treaty, the, 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 there's a very big overlap that shows, mm -hmm. hey, this body has a certain strength and, and, and there are a couple of activities that bring it to balance. Okay, and, and, and so you will see that, for example, some person that will have a, a better affinity with strength movements because mm -hmm. they bring their, their their energy up. For some people, strength movements, when it's done too much, make feel that make them feel super tired because they are already in that overhyped state, right? And mm -hmm. they will be more in the endurance side. They'll be more on the long distance type of exercise. Some people will be more flowy and be more on the uh, um, mobility type of, mobility. Of, of, of expression, right? And so identifying what is it that makes your body feel great, that makes your body feel balanced, gives you a clue of, hey, my body is perhaps more designed for those things. Now, the more I do the others, the more I feel I need to push. 
the more I do this one over here, whether it's strength or endurance or mobility, I feel more in tune. I feel greater. So now that you don't have the motivation from your origin story anymore, mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. explore a type of exercise and a type of food and a type of, of routine that feels great to your own body. And then you can go deeper into uh, understanding your, your senses. You know, there's a understanding what happens, this, the signals that you get from your body, really reading what happens uh, from, from the different signals that your body gives. You know, one exercise that, that I like to, to do is go over one day, 24 hours, and try to understand how your body says yes and how your body says no to things. We don't know exactly once we don't, we, once we're not in tune. Unless you, unless you track it, you don't know this, right? Yeah. Then you start thinking about things and you see that there's an experience that, you know, you, you, it's time for you to go to a meeting that you've been dreading and then you start feeling some tightness. Some people feel some tightness. I, I get so much nausea when I, like, <laughs> my body's like, don't do this. I'm going to throw up. Like if I've not listened to my own mind and then I'm still going for something, it's nausea, right? Like my body is like you're doing something that you don't want to do here. I'm giving you a signal, right? So I, I get yeah. this. Yeah. And, for, and, and, that's, and that's the beautiful thing about that is that for each person is going to be a different sign, right? Yeah. Different signal. And the main point is you identifying from your own body, when is my body saying yes? And when is my body saying no to things? These are the most basic things. And, and if you spend enough time there, you start to figure out, ah, I have my past. You know, I get nausea when, I, when my body knows that something is not, yeah. Yeah. that I should be going in. And there's a yeah. feeling of openness, there's a feeling of relaxation when the body's saying yes. And then and when the you joy, are... There's, there's like, there's this energy. Like, yeah, there's lightness. Like you're on your feet and you're, you're feeling like a butterfly when you're doing things that you really want to do. So this I really, really understand. I mean, I think I did it without knowing I was doing it, but it's good to know that it's part of one of your uh, methods of... Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know that there's one, uh, there's one very interesting experiment, a study that was done uh, to understand the connection between the body and the mind. And it was a, it was a game that they put the, all, these two, all the, the participants of the study in a game with cards. And you have mm -hmm. a couple of rules for cards and, and there's a trick in the in in the rules that people didn't know but basically you have three decks and uh, one of one is red one is yellow one is blue and the blue deck is the strongest one and people didn't know that but after you start playing for maybe half an hour you realize that hey if i play with the blue one i always win so more or less after half an hour people found out that if they play with the blue they win and so they keep doing that but then at the same time that, that the people were playing this game there are a couple of, of biomarkers being measured, like the temperature on the skin, the amount of the humidity and oil on their skin, their heart rates, their brain waves, and this, and this kind of things. And when they looked at the scan of the biomarkers, they realized that for the, for, for the, from the first three minutes of the game, these biomarkers already started to change when people were playing with the blue cards. Yes. So wow. the, the body already understood 27 minutes before than the mind did. And so wow. people were very in tune with the, with, the, with the senses of their bodies. They could be more intuitive. 
and follow what was the, the advantage for them in that experiment because the body gets to know about these things way be before the mind does. And so then you start applying these things for choices in life. For example, what to eat, how yeah. to exercise, and, and even, even choices that you know, someone invites you to do something and, and you're not sure if that's going to be a good idea or not. Yeah. One of the things that said, someone says, hey, Mugli, let's go for, you know, uh, watch movie today. And you're not sure if that's a good idea. One of the things that you can do as the more attuned you are with the body is that you sit and you visualize that experience. Yes. And see what signs come to your body. Mm-hmm. You see, hey, there's a little bit of a time. There's a little bit of thing. My stomach, you know, is that the nausea in a, a 1% of that? Ooh, I yeah. know that my body's telling me that's probably not a... Not, not a good idea. So this is how you start nurturing. And then you find patterns and you realize, hey, my body uh, is, is much more relaxed when I do this type of training, nutrition, routine, uh, work. And my body is much more tighter, uh, much more closed when I do these other types of training, nutrition, exercise, work decisions, relationships. And, and, and this is when, if you make these choices based on the way that your body is telling you, you, these choices are nurturing the innate gifts, what the That's body wants to become. Beautiful. Great. So, so look for the origin story and then uh, look at the identity you want to be without the origin story and then learn how to talk to your body and listen to signals from your body. Right? These are the three things that someone could take away from what you said. Yeah, these are the three yeah. big steps. Yeah. These are the three, three big steps. steps right? And that, I, I like to add on to your origin story point, right? Like even in my own hmm. experience for me, um, there was a lot of childhood bullying and there was a lot of, you know, you're not good enough feedback that was always given. Plus, uh, in the relationship that I was, it was most of that. So for me, my body became a place to hide. Like I didn't want to shine my light. I didn't want to show the world who I was because every time I tried to show the world that I was told that, no, it's not cool. It's not good enough. Right. So my body started hiding me inside. So it became really huge. Right. So that was like how I was like 97 kgs at one point of time, because I just didn't want to show the world who I was. And then it became a defense shell. Also, right? It was like this huge armor that I had around me like, oh, okay, hide inside here and I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. So people who come to me for weight loss as well, right? Like whatever the dysfunctions might be and whatever the blood work shows. For most people who are overweight, I've seen the body is usually like a shell that's trying to, like, you know, it's, it's become so big because it wants to protect the person inside. And when we uncover that little seed of where it began, that's when the, un- like, you know, it, it starts letting go. It's like, oh, I'm safe. This world is a safe place. So yeah, I've seen that in the origin story as well for people, uh, including illness coming in to receive love because now everyone's paying attention. Uh, I've seen this happen even with uh, somebody who didn't like her job and and she had uh, this condition called fibromyalgia and like immense mm-hmm. pain and like chronic fatigue and all of that. And then we started noticing a pattern that on the day she didn't go to work, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we're like, okay, we've taken the inflammatory foods off, we've done all of this, we're working with supplements, but then, you know, maybe this is at the root of it. So she actually thankfully listened to me and quit her job and then she was she was cured. So it, it, it's, 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 it's not a thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. 
it's not collecting the carbohydrates. It's like it's a step behind that and say, hey, yeah, that, yeah. The, the whole root of this thing is what is happening in the work environment. So maybe yeah. that is the, the yeah, step yeah, that yeah. your body needs you to take. You know, there's a, so, there's a beautiful book called Mind Over Medicine. Oh, okay. And, and the, the, the author of the book, Lisa Rankin, she, she's a doctor that, that went through this journey of, of listening to, to her body, helping people listen to theirs to, to cure diseases. And, and now she's a medical doctor. And when she's, when she's working with someone and someone says that there's something wrong, you know, well, how do I do to lose weight or how do I do to cure a condition? Before she even starts asking for symptoms, she takes people into a meditative state Mm-hmm. And go through a exercise that she's asking, what does your body need in okay. order to heal? Okay. And so when you ask yourself that question and you are coming from a very relaxed and genuine place without filter, sometimes the answer comes straight away. And sometimes right. people said, I need to move to another city. I need to end that relationship that is sucking the life out of me. I need to move my... So sometimes that the answer is, is there, always the answer is there. Sometimes it's coming to the surface. We just need to take the time to investigate and see, and, and see the, the, what comes out. Absolutely. So Ronan, a few questions. I'd ask some of my team members, what, what would you want me to ask Ronan? And then there are a lot of my tribe members who are watching this as well. So uh, a lot of people, right, they want to look a certain way, right? They want to have those muscles pumped up and all. And then they end up doing really random stuff, like even taking steroids. So what, 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 when people come to, I'm sure people come to you even with those ideologies, those belief systems that they need to take steroids, they need to pump up their muscles with like external stuff like creatinine and things like that, creatinine and things like that. So, what do you what do you say to them? Mm-hmm. I, I the the main point is that we go into why is it mm-hmm. that, that that you want to do that. There are a couple of things that happens there. First is understanding exactly why you want to do this. And the majority of the cases will come from that place of lack, right? And people will say, ah, because usually there's a story that they tell themselves to make this a, a acceptable uh, decision. Ah, because I have a hormonal disbalance and this is going to bring me, to make me healthy. There's a lot of times that people are, 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 covering their decisions under the, the mask of, I want to become healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so because mm-hmm. if they tell themselves that and they believe that this is to become healthy, then, then all choices are, are acceptable. And, and then we go through a couple of, of reflections. That is, imagine that nothing changes, changes in your health. That, you know, let's imagine a rule, a, a hypothesis, that mm-hmm. your body is stuck in time and space. Whatever you ever do to your body, n- nothing is going to change the health. Okay. Nothing is going to change what, what, what the body looks like and nothing is going to change. Or you lose your sight and never be able to see the results with your eyes. Would you still have wow. the same motivation? And then some people start to think, hey, if I lived in an isolated island mm-hmm. and I was the only human being in the world, mm-hmm. would I still make those same decisions? And a lot of people say, hey, you know, if I, if I be very honest about this, probably I wouldn't. 
Now I wouldn't stick right. a, 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 a needle on my on my butt and and kind of put some time if there's no other humans to see, no one for to for me to tell the story. There is a little subset of mm -hmm. people who after they take some time for this for this uh, um this this uh reflection they still mm -hmm. decide that this genuinely will be something that they want to do and i think in those cases there is there is no right or wrong in terms of decision what i want to help and to facilitate is that these decisions are conscious and mindful if oh. after all this reflection someone says no is this still my conscious decision you know uh, um Some people, when they go, especially high-level athletes, I've worked with a few high-level athletes, including a, a Olympian uh, athlete, that when they go to a competition, mm -hmm. the state that they need to take their bodies to is an unhealthy state because it's taking them to the limits. Okay. Right? The body is strong and they need to, to train the body to an extent that the body is at its limits. It's not a healthy state. It's beyond healthy already. But a lot of them develop such a conscious and mindful relationship with their bodies that is also a, their, their creative expression. They're not doing this to prove anything to anyone. They are not, even if they were the only human being in, a, in an isolated island, they would be doing this because they want to dance this dance. They want to express mm -hmm. themselves that way consciously. I think this is a different situation, but it's a very particular and small subset of people who get there. The majority of people are, are locked into the unconscious thing. And if they were living isolated in an island, probably they wouldn't be doing these things. If they wouldn't be doing these things and they still decide to do, what, what I see in the majority of the time is that there is a short a term Uh, advantage to this experience, someone start injecting testosterone, for example, and they feel great mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a couple of weeks and they grow muscle mass and things like that. But if you follow the person for a year more and, or three years more and they made those decisions without being something that they got consent from their bodies or unconscious situation, you see that the quality of life three years later is way lower than it was before they even started taking it. Yeah, yeah. Because there, it becomes an abusive relationship with their body. There is an inner conflict. Now you're, you're trying to go somewhere, your body is trying to go somewhere else and, and things don't, don't, don't match. So there is a conflict, there's a fight against the body. At some point, nature is stronger, right? At some point, <laughs> it, it breaks. And, and, and then when, when you need to, to phase out of, of steroid hormones, for example, all that, that great feelings that you had in the beginning, they come in a negative way when you are out of that. Because now your body is not producing the testosterone naturally that it's supposed to because you're injecting from exogenous way. So, all, so you start feeling lethargy. You, stay, you, you know, you're, you may even impair your... Uh, fertility for yes. who, who knows the rest of your life. And then you start mm -hmm. regretting those choices. And then you see that those benefits were not even the, what, what you thought you well, would. Now you're lost in a very dark place. Yep. I, I've seen this even with uh, 
not necessarily people who used hormones for athletic reasons or for bodybuilding reasons but like you know to quickly fix a health dysfunction especially uh, women uh, who are prescribed medication by conventional medicine practitioners because they had some issues with their periods and Conventional medicine doesn't teach doctors how to look for the root causes, how to ask that why, right? I've seen how bodies get really messed up. It's always patching, right? They, yes, they, there's just band-aids. A, yeah. a, a, a problem that was generated from another medicine, right? From another another protocol and how you and need to put a hormone. Not just another medicine, right? It might even be like at the, the origin story where it could be sexual abuse or sexual trauma or something like that which then impact like the body like oh let's let's not be this sexual being who can get used for this purpose it stops everything yeah. and then they go to doctors without really understanding what's at the root of it and then doctors are like estrogen progesterone let's just do this and it's it's bad but yeah let's not go there let's let's uh, <laughs> we were talking about so i also had to ask you about this right a lot of young men um even even some of the marathon runners there's this slight toxic culture about uh, performance right like if you, if you look at people in the gym they are kind of especially if there's like a testosterone fest in the gym then everyone's trying to kind of show off their ability to lift bigger weights and then someone gets psyched into doing that even though their body might not be capable of really pulling off a heavy weight at that point of time i've seen this happen with runners uh you know they go overboard because they want to do those personal best records and then uh, they mess up their knees and stuff like that what would you say to that right like that mm. entire culture of trying to be better than someone else mm. because you have to prove your masculinity by doing that mm. yeah i think that's the um, that that goes back to why is it that you're doing that you know if you are you doing this to make your body fulfill a unmet need. You know, I feel insecure because I don't feel strong. So I need to make my myself and other people to acknowledge me as a strong and then everyone is in the gym I'm going to deadlift 200 kilos just so I can get this temporary feeling that other people are acknowledge me to strong exactly. even when my body is not recovered. So if that, you know, if you can be really honest to yourself and realize that this is what is happening you see that mm -hmm. this is also a time bomb because one it doesn't give you the feeling that that you want it to give you know your body will never fulfill a unmet need that's your job to to give that to yourself and second if you keep feeding that behavior at some point the body breaks down so i think that especially in fitness we develop this this mindset that if it's not painful it's not good right yeah right i need to punish my body if i if i am not sweating exhausted almost dying after a workout it, it didn't work you know i needed to be regretting it so that <laughs> so there's a good workout right someone someone one of my a long time ago somebody had said this that uh, pain is weakness leaving your body yeah that's the that's the idea that messes things up because you buy into this idea you know people buy in because a lot of a lot of people that are generate that are, that are feeding this movement especially in social media right they are communicating those things and, and a lot of people who aspire to be like them they say ah this is the mindset that take them there i'm gonna you know sign up for this mindset as well you know i've seen this uh, I, um 
back in the day when I was the, uh, studying bodybuilding and these things and before even I started, I was watching these movies from these bodybuilders from the 1970s and stuff like that. And the guy would hold a, a, a medal and a trophy of the first place in the competition. And then he would give an interview to the comp to competitors and, and he would say, I won because for 20 years of my life, I would look myself in the mirror and I would feel ashamed and of my of my body that was unacceptable and every day i was beating it up because it needed to become something strong and everyone was like yes right <laughs> As if it was, it was the most beautiful idea in the world. and so a lot of us sign up to this idea and we and we start to believe that fitness is punishment fitness is beating up the body and i think if you do fitness from 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 punishment this will never become self-care this will never become a quality of life how can you punish someone or something into fulfillment right you cannot beat something up into happiness right so to me uh, and then the question is so there's no place for the high intensity training no there is place you know i also like to do lift heavy i also like to do the Trying to get close to the limits, but I can also I, I do that not only when there is people watching. Sometimes I do this for my living room over here when I'm alone to experience that thing. So fitness is not to beat your body up; it's not to 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 punish the body, but it's more to celebrate what your body can do. You know, can I coming from the place of celebrating what your body can do? If that, then you see the this experience completely different. So, so the thing about endurance, right? So I, I like, I love weight training. I do, even even though I might not be picking the heaviest weight, but I just love the fact that my body can function in a way that it's supposed to. That okay, in a deadlift, the hip hinges, and then you go down, and right, and then endurance stuff is something that I don't like, like running and cycling. I just don't like it. Okay, so I thought, okay, I'm, there was a point where I thought I was really lazy because I didn't like that, and then I discovered martial arts. And I can be in a martial arts class for three hours and not feel tired, right? Like no food, nothing, right? And I'm like, if that's not endurance, because when you're on the mats, when you're with your, when you're sparring with an opponent on the mats or anything that you're doing, you are burning your calories, you're, you're exhausting your reserves, and then your body's still giving you fuel to continue, right? Because I think for me, martial arts is somewhere to do with the entire defense mechanism that I needed to build up in my early childhood. Mm. But I love it, right? Like my my mind doesn't see a purpose to running. I'm like, what am I running away from? My mind doesn't see a purpose <laughs> to cycling. Like, where am I going to? Like, if someone's going to attack me, I'm not going to cycle away from here, right? But then, martial arts. <laughs> martial arts. I'm going to pull my shoes. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, like you come with a knife, hold on, hold on. But then if I learn martial arts, I can bloody kill someone with my bare hands if I have to, right? So that's where the energy comes for, for that endurance also. So there's so much. People just break down workouts into, okay, legs and chest and cardio. And they just don't understand like how the body is really so much more intelligent, right? But yeah, I've, I've experienced that as well. All right. Yeah, if you start to, to to pay attention to how much the body is a walking miracle, mm -hmm. right? it is force it of is. nature flowing through that can give you a, a physical life. You know, that is literally parts of our own bodies that, you know, the, the, the molecules of iron that, that are inside of each one of those red cells that, that transport oxygen to your body 
once belonged to a star in the middle of the uh, of the galaxy, outside of the galaxy. Now it's part of your own body. There are atoms of your body that one day uh, uh, belonged to Buddha, to Gandhi, to our yeah, Isaac, yeah, yeah. to a tree of 500 years old. And now this is the thing that you are living yeah. inside. It's not, it's not this object that you put like A plus B plus C and it gives you a, 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 a result. It's a whole fortification. It is, and it's, it's, it's also like your DNA brings in like memories of so many ancestors, right? Like there's so much that's encoded in your body. If you just start, uh, like when when I uh, also look at like say plant medicine or things like ayahuasca, right? You start unpacking that as well. It's it's fascinating, right? The information that's stored in every human body that's got information from I don't know how many generations of everything family trauma family joy family skills family values it's all there and then everything about humanity as a whole itself is, is there in that body right and then each human body has all of that it's like a walking capsule of information so you know just thinking about the fact that all the atoms that exist in the universe are the same there was nothing that was created, nothing that was destroyed since the, 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 the Big Bang, the, the beginning yeah. of the universe. And now they, they are what compose your own body that comes from billions and billions and billions of yep. years back. You know, this atom that I can see in my own body, yeah. <laughs> and billions of years. And you know, along the way, it belonged to different human beings that had their yeah. own journeys and problems and, yeah. and now is is holding part of the impression. And now it's part of my own experience. Yep. And then I look at this and I'm, I'm in awe. And you can pull that up for your own growth, right? Like you can pull that information up. Like, I, like, I don't know if, if like I can even express what I'm thinking of here, but when, when you can like, you know, decode all of this information that's there from the universe from, from before time and space, and then you can pull it up for your own current existence and identity and growth, it's its phenomenal what the body then just starts giving to you, right? It just gives, it's like, yeah, like, just take it. Like, I'm holding all of this for you, right? So, and when, and when you see your body as that way, as this force yeah. of nature, you know, as a temple of, of your soul, as the bearer of the, the memory of the universe, yeah. Then you will think about injecting testosterone when it doesn't work, right? <laughs> you know, it's like it's a sacred thing. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's a Yeah. And and looking at the uh, at the body from this perspective makes you fulfilled from the beginning. Wherever wherever you are in your journey, you know the. Absolutely. There's one thing that I that I learned is that the happen, happiness and the satisfaction with our health and our bodies doesn't come from attaining any specific result. It comes from committing with that relationship. It comes from engaging with it. Even in your first step, away from your last one, from your first step, if you are engaged, if you are conscious, and if you are connected, and if you are appreciating, this is where happiness will come from. And results will just unfold as a way of expression. Yep, yep, absolutely. Ronan, coming back to more 3D world questions like around nutrition, right? So when I met you last year, when I last met you, I think I was plant-based. I have recovered from that folly and uh, I also experimented with being fully carnivore. But 
what i have seen in my work like that because we look at a lot of data we look at blood work and we look at deficiencies i know that there is definitely a place for animal protein and animal meat in human nutrition what's what's your take in that because even with you you must be meeting a lot of people who are following just plant based or veganism for religious ethical beliefs uh, i have really come to the conclusion for now uh, that animal protein has a big place in human nutrition what's your take on that I believe so too, Mogda. Uh, 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 I've seen um, more often than not that a complete source of of nutrition that is, you know, uh, uh, um, plant abundant, but also with uh, with animal products, uh, yeah. bringing a whole sphere of nutrition is what leads most of the people to experience fulfillment you know physical fulfillment with with their bodies and in any subset of that any extraction of some types of foods uh, uh, may treat some specific conditions and yeah. uh, but uh, ev- but eventually may also bring limitation to how the body can develop Absolutely. i think when it comes to um, to to uh, uh, animal protein for example mm-hmm. the most important thing that that you that that you want to take it to take into consideration is how was that animal raised and, mm-hmm. and how was the, what what did that animal eat and how was that animal raised and yeah. because that, there's a there's a river of difference of feeding yourself from uh, animals who ate gmo grains yeah are animals that that ate grass and grass, yeah. and, and were not produced uh, in mass production that they stayed in a cage without moving for their entire lives yeah. there's a huge difference and when and and, and when we have um, a lot of a lot of fear uh, around the the uh, animal products for example is when you are putting everything in one basket and say yeah you know but uh, that you know red meat or what not will cause cancer most of, most of the times that is the fat that comes from grain fed animals that that were produced in a mass scale in fed foods that were full of, of, yep. of poison in other words yes, yes. That, logically logically that's not that yeah yeah but then mm-hmm. my question is you know experience one month maybe not even a month maybe a week go mm-hmm. to a farmers market mm-hmm. and see and get the animal products that were farmed locally farmed yeah. in in your in your in your city or in your region and experience your body after that that week or that month and you're going to see that that is completely different than getting the the same meat that you get from the supermarket that that's you know it. mass production and, and and things like that yep that's that's the same uh, system we uh, i think that's that's what we recommend as well and i don't see a point in cutting off food groups as well right like cut out carbs no that's not sustainable like you can't be in keto mode and there are things that would come out as a repercussion of that so yes i i completely understand saying um i think we, we should be winding up we, we discussed that we be on for 45 minutes or so there are a lot of comments here uh, ronan uh, i don't think we can get to answering all of those of course there are a lot of people who are just saying that they love you and they love 10x and it's the best thing that happened to them and uh, so much awesomeness for you that's coming up here um did i ask all the questions i wanted to i think i did 
um one last question ronan so like i told you before we started the live uh the team at itrive is like just two men and the rest of them are all women and then they've been pawning over you since that time <laughs> i think you know it's coming so someone said that please ask ronan if he's in india when he come on a dinner date with all of us so i'm asking you oh, yes yes all right ladies so they're beautiful beautiful young women and they they are the most incredible nutritionists they're like the brightest minds in india so good we'll see oh, you oh my goodness my goodness my next trip to india uh, where are you guys what city we are in pune ronan Uh, Impulse. Okay, in my next trip to India, I'm gonna make sure I I I have a at least one one day and one night in Pune, and we can go for dinner. Super, super, good, great. So looking forward Beautiful. to that, and uh, I'll see you soon. Uh, if you're coming for the LPS summit, I I might see you there because yes, most people will be there. Cool, cool. So beautiful. Thank you so much. 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 How do they go about it? Do you work one-on-one -on -one with people? Do you have group programs? Where do they find you? Mm -hmm. Right now, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. Uh, just mm -hmm. go to Ronan Diego Insta. This is this is the easiest way to 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 get in touch and to find me. Most of my my work at the moment are with programs, coaching programs, and programs with with Mind Valley. Coaching one-on-one for sure is yes, for now is on standby. I'll probably go back to it around maybe September or August. I'll go okay. back to it, and and I'm focusing now on building this uh, certification program with my pal called Hollow Body that mm -hmm. that is running at this moment. So this is taking most of my time. But uh, any uh, uh, contact on Instagram that's the easiest way for us to to get in touch. Super great. We should have you in our in our academy as well, Ronan. So we run an academy where we teach functional nutrition to other nutritionists, other health professionals. I think we should have a guest lecture with you in the academy. I would sure. love that. Yeah, let's let's talk about that later. But yeah. thank you so much. This was thank so you, much Mugda. fun. Thank you, Mugda. There were a lot of insights that I'm going to apply as well. But thank you so much, and thank bye you. Bye. And I'll see thank you soon. Yep. A big hug. We keep in touch. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right folks that's the end of this episode i hope you got something of value from this episode if you are enjoying a podcast and if you haven't yet started following us please go ahead and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on spotify apple all over and do share this podcast with your network because more people need to really be told the truth about health wellness and healing If you do share this podcast on your Instagram stories then I'm going to give you a special shout out in my next podcast until then this is Mukda Pradhan your host at iThrive's exclusive podcast signing off and I'll talk to you soon